All right, recording. We are recording the On Your Left podcast. Welcome back to us. Welcome back to On Your Left, a political podcast that we haven't made in almost a full year, which was when, fun fact, we started the podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, we really had high hopes for ourselves, and then... And the song High Hopes got ruined, and uh, just a lot happened. Yeah. <laughs> a um, lot's happened in a year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess introduce yourself first. Okay. And then what have you been up to this year? <laughs> Hi, I'm Nirali. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Um, what has happened in the past year? I feel like so much and nothing at the same time. We are currently uh, not in our offices. Um, we are in a stay-at-home order, which was not the case last year. <laughs> and a whole primary cycle has happened in the past year. Last uh, time we recorded one of these episodes, there were over 20 people running for president. Now there's just one, but we're not going to talk about him today, are we? Nah, he has enough coverage. It's, he's fine. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, who are you? How's your year been? Well, uh, my name is Katrina, I use she-them pronouns, and I am the reason we stopped recording the podcast, because I signed several NDAs to work on presidential campaigns. Yep. Which is awesome of you, by the way. You are a great organizer, and were awesome on the Gillibrand and Castro campaigns. Thank you. I really liked them, and I hope at some point... We can get some of the people I worked with on this podcast. Fingers crossed for eventually Julian Castro or Senator Gillibrand. I don't think they'll do it, but let's hope. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 try to get them on. I mean, Cory Booker is still my mutual on Twitter. I don't know how, but maybe I can slide into his DMs. Yeah, they they haven't unfollowed me, so I feel like eventually they'll see the podcast. Yeah. And it'll legitimize it. <laughs> so we are going to be back to posting regularly. We are going to be on your feeds once a week, and it's going to be great. Hopefully. It definitely will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> will be great. And if you want to help keep us making these and help supporting us, if you have the money to do so, I recommend checking out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash onyourleftpod where we have great, great rewards, like sending an email with links and PDF versions of our sources for our news segments, or getting access to a patron-only Discord, or getting a bonus live stream once a month where we'll just answer your questions and hang out with you. Because you're probably really cool if you listen to this podcast. Yeah. You're probably awesome. So what are we talking about today, Katrina? Today we are talking about the United States Postal Service, one of the most foundational services that our country offers. It has actually been in existence longer than we have been a country, and it does a great job. That's amazing. It's been in existence longer than... It's older than the Declaration of Independence. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, it provides hundreds of thousands of jobs. I sent a birthday card to my nephew after his birthday. You know, and he didn't realize that I sent it after his birthday because he's three and not good at time. But it cost like 35 cents and he was happy, so. You can send a potato 
you can do that. Which is amazing. But the reason why it's in the news today is because um, the outgoing Postmaster General has requested $89 billion to help the organization get through the current crisis without service interruptions, which is really important considering everyone is home and it's really not recommended that you leave home to buy things or do things. I think most shopping stores are closed, but food stores are open, so like you can't you can't go out and buy your summer wardrobe. Um, you gotta order it online <laughs> and have it mailed to you. Yeah, it's definitely becoming a more essential service as we're all encouraged or required to stay at home during this time. Mm-hmm. And that also means that postal workers are putting themselves in risk having to go to every apartment building in every home and lots of businesses delivering their mail and picking up packages. And that can be a lot. That can all makes puts them at a really high risk of interacting with a lot of people, as all essential workers have been in a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Um, to date, over 1,000 postal workers have tested positive for coronavirus. Dozens have died. Which, I don't... That's terrible. Yeah, I think our official um, stance as a podcast on this is that preventable deaths should be prevented. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Um, I I thought so, but I thought we should check with each other real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um... We don't want people to die if if there's a way to stop that from happening. Um, especially when other countries have figured out how to stop it from happening as fast. Yeah. We haven't. Yeah, um, and I mean, the postal workers who are putting themselves at risk are also allowing a lot of people, including me, to stay at home and work from home for the most part. Yeah, I yeah I should say we're in the very lucky position of both being employed and being able to work from home right now, which a lot of people aren't able to do. Um, but that just makes it all the more important that the the people who are able to work can continue to work and not lose their jobs, which is also why this eighty nine billion is very very important for the USPS to keep going. Yes, they do employ hundreds of thousands of workers that do everything from your local delivery person that drops off your mail, to people working the counter and sending out packages, to the people that do maintenance on all of the trucks. It's it's a lot of things, it's a lot of jobs, and it's the good middle class jobs that have historically allowed people to live safe lives with a living wage. We have uh, already talked a little bit on about why the USPS is so important. Another reason why the USPS is so important is because it's required to p- provide universal coverage to the entire country. Um, there is no house left behind, no property that a postal worker uh can choose not to go to to deliver something. They have to go everywhere, which um, private companies like... Uh, USPS, which uh, private companies like UPS and FedEx can just choose not to go somewhere if it's too difficult. Um, Like, if you live in the middle of the woods, a USPS worker can, I guess, say, nah, 
I'm good. Or probably not the worker, probably the company can say, I don't feel like going there right now. It's too expensive, too risky. Um, but a USPS worker has to go there. They have to go everywhere um, to make their deliveries, which, which a non-government-run program can just choose not to do. Um, there are a lot of unprofitable routes, like the one that leads to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and several on uh, reservations for indigenous peoples that just it's not profitable to go there and they still have use sps still is legally obligated to provide coverage to those people and mm -hmm. companies like ups and fedex and amazon rely on the united states postal service to take on those more unprofitable routes and finish delivering certain packages and mail items as we know we're all encouraged to once again stay at home it's really important if you can stay at home please do but uh, one of the things that's letting us do it is that the USPS also delivers prescription medications. In 2019, they delivered 1.2 billion prescriptions. That's all in one year. And a lot of the prescriptions they delivered were actually through the VA. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So that's so important because, first of all, the VA is just underfunded and... A joke and then second the USPS is underfunded and a joke but these are people who literally fought for our country and need medication and need their prescriptions um, and there's literally no other way to get it to them because they rely on these government run things uh, government run services so yeah it's it's really important uh... I know that all of the prescriptions that I take, I would like to continue taking. And also, uh, disabled people who aren't able to leave their houses for risk of getting infected, people who are immunocompromised should not be leaving their houses at all and need medication on a regular basis. They deserve to get that medication no matter what. So that's really important. Yeah. Uh, I think this yeah. really goes back to our um, preventable deaths should be prevented stance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, making sure people have the medicine they need is definitely a part of that. And the United States Postal Service plays such a huge role in protecting our health, not just now, but all of the time through this service. Mm -hmm. um, in addition, um, small businesses rely on the USPS to ship products because it's generally the cheapest option and um yeah people would not be able to run their businesses without the usps because they'd have to pay an arm and a leg to ship out their goods um when you think of like small etsy sellers and stuff they're they can't afford fedex corporate prices they have they rely on the usps i find the prints of fan art that i buy online very important Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would like to keep getting those as I order from independent artists. Yeah, and yeah, we and I think in general we support independent artists and um, non-corporate <laughs> businesses in general. Uh, as someone who worked at an independent bookstore, I um, and has had to uh, mail out books to uh, different people. It's 
always been interesting to see the the difference in the amount of money it costs to send something to someone if they want to use USPS or if they want to use a private company like UPS or FedEx. And yeah, the amount is exorbitant. And maybe it'll take a little bit longer with USPS, but it's always reliable and always cheaper than using UPS or something like that. And yeah, it's just, it makes everyone's lives easier. No one wants to pay that much for getting a book shipped to them or something. Yeah. And I mean, we are living in a global economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, even before this, I did most of my shopping online because interacting with people makes me anxious, even though I know I'm going to be nice to the salespeople and I know the retail workers are obligated to be nice back to me. But it's mm-hmm. still hard. Yeah, part of me misses working at a, an independent bookstore. Part of me hates retail so much, and I'm never going back. Ah, <laughs> oh, a mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so do we want to talk about like how the USPS is actually funded right now, and why it needs this $89 billion so urgently? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Historically, Congress has never given any money in our federal budget to the United States Postal Service, which is cool, uh, partially because it's always been funded independently through stamps, mostly. Um, but, you know, you can. they also have other products. They've done fashion lines with not a, not a great level of success. <laughs> Uh, they sell dog costumes where you can dress your dog up like a little mailman, and that's real cute. That's but, adorable. You know, they, they have never been funded by the federal government and have always been able to make enough money through sending packages and mail on letters to not have to do it. It's basically the most private part of our federal government is the post office. Which is super interesting because when people talk about, like, big government, the USPS is one of the one of the um, big scary things they talk about, which is always bizarre to me. Yeah, I mean, They're I guess like, they know where you live. Yeah, it's like, look at this government system that doesn't work. Oh, wait, they're not, they're not funded by the government, so. Yep. <laughs> None of my tax dollars have ever gone there. Which yeah. I guess I I would like some to go there now yeah I would I would prefer my tax dollars to go to the USPS over like the military industrial complex but um <laughs> or like oil and gas subsidies yeah I could yeah. go without that for a year mm-hmm. but uh yeah so the United States Postal Service was profitable with almost a billion dollars profit back in 2005 and 2006 and it changed drastically uh, after the 2006 passage of a bipartisan bill signed into law by George W. Bush called the the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act which required that the post office pre-fund 75 years of benefits for their employees, place price caps on certain services like first class shipping, and just 75 years of benefits is like all healthcare and all of the pensions and retirement plans and that's a lot 
especially considering the amount of employees the USPS has, um, and, like, in order to get to everywhere in the country, they need to have people everywhere in the country and need to pay for all of their health care and their pensions. So, free funding, 75 years of that many employees? It's ridiculous. It's, it's wild to me. Right, right after that passage, it went from turning a profit, which experts still believe that the Postal Service would still be profitable right now, if not for this one law that was passed in 2006. Um, but it went from turning a profit of almost a billion dollars to being in the negative by billions of dollars as they struggled to prefund 75 years worth of benefits for hundreds of thousands of employees most of which haven't been born yet. Yeah. <laughs> the more we say it, the more ridiculous it sounds because that's how ridiculous it is. I just... Oh, man. It blows but, my mind how right-wing the left was in 2006. Because it was, it, like, a bipartisan bill. It was. And it doesn't make a lot of sense for me because it seems like... People should have been really upset by this. But I was watching the news a lot when I was 12 years old. Like the unsociable nerd I am and will always be. <laughs> and I had never heard anything about this until this year. Mm -hmm. And like, oh. yeah. It's funny because like 2006, we were in like the sixth grade. Um, that was It was like... How many years ago? 14 years ago now? That feels like a long time ago, but when you consider 75 years, it's not that long ago. And they had to have... Ah, it's just the numbers blow my mind every single time I think about this. <laughs> like, they... It, it wasn't a five-year thing or even a 10-year plan or, a f like, I would even understand, like, a 20-year pre-funding of pension just so, like, people who retire within the next 20 years get their pensions and, like, everyone can pay for their health insurance. 75 years, though. 75 years. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> that's a lot of it's, years. It's wild. Some experts believe that... This one single law is uh, accounts for approximately 74% of the net losses that the Postal Service has experienced since 2006, mm -hmm. which you will remember right after that, a giant global recession happened. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a moment in history I remember quite, quite well. <laughs> um, but yeah. this one act contributes more to it than the giant global recession. <laughs> That's, that's kind of shocking. Um, yeah, I, I, seventy-four percent of net losses because of just this one law, where they're like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have every single person you are going to employ within the next seventy-five years. You have to have their pensions and their healthcare money set aside already. You have to have all of their benefits money set aside already. No other government agency has to do this. Like, can you imagine if Amazon had to do that? 
Well, it's probably be really easy because Amazon doesn't care about their workers at all. It'd be like a $12 tip jar, I think. <laughs> no, but I'm just thinking about the fact that for like the first 10 or 15 years that Amazon was a company, it wasn't profitable to begin with. And then if they had to set aside money for uh, future pensions and future benefits, like they would they wouldn't exist. Like the company no. would not exist. No company can exist when they're planning for a future that not only doesn't exist, but is so many generations in the future that it just it wouldn't be possible. Jeff Bezos, we would never hear stories about him possibly becoming a trillionaire if he were required to treat his employees well. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't be he hearing stories of about him being a trillionaire if you were required to treat his employees well, which should be a law. Yeah. Much even just for this year. Even just for this year. But like seventy five years from now? Like what 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 does seventy five years from now even look like? We couldn't predict a global pandemic like seven months ago. What'll seventy five years from now even look like? The world might not exist seventy five years from like, now. Climate change, we've got what, twenty years? Yeah, something like that. I mean, like, the Yellowstone supervolcano could erupt as it's been supposed to for years. I've been thinking a lot about that. I oh, mean, man, I forgot about the Yellowstone supervolcano. Oh, I never do. I moved closer <laughs> to it, and it was all I could think about. I wasn't even close to it. I was just closer. Okay, John Green. I've been listening to a lot of Dear Hank and John the past couple of weeks, and I know it shows, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> I just, there's so much things. Like, nuclear war seems imminent all of the time just because this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Like, do you remember that video, The End of the World, um, with all of the nukes and stuff? I don't think so. No, like, it was, like, on Newgrounds. It was, like, pre-YouTube viral. Um, Oof. Yeah. Um, it, it talked a lot about how, how there was going to be a lot of nuclear warfare. And I'm like, well, doesn't seem so far off. Did the Cold War ever end? Like, really? I, I feel like we just sort of took a break. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like the war in Harry Potter where like there was like ten years of peace and everyone was like it's over it's all super chill now we've solved all of the problems and then like they solved none of the problems none of the problems were solved no yeah the the main bad guy got kind of sick for a little while and had to step out yeah um. So let's talk about how we can solve the problems. <laughs> at least at least the problem of the USPS. We can't really stop nuclear war um, in our capacity at this moment. But um, <laughs> we can contact our representatives and ask them to fund one of the most essential government services ever yeah, to exist. That'd be, um, that, that'd be cool. I would really appreciate if they included uh, funding for the United States Postal Service which they've literally never done. Mm -hmm. Just in the next stimulus bill and make sure that uh, we can keep on floating through at least another few months. 
at least through the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, keep them afloat to get people their prescriptions and, you know, the, the fan art that I want. Both are equally as important as each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, can, we can protect small businesses, make sure people in rural communities have access to the services they need and get prescriptions and take care of veterans and really stop our entire world from collapsing if we just give them 89 billion dollars i mean which in the grand scheme of things like the government uh budget treats money like it's fake in the first place so it's not really much there's plenty of room to give 89 billion to the usps um, it's especially during a literal global emergency. Yeah. Just. Um, I would also recommend asking your representatives to tax the hell out of companies like Amazon, which paid zero dollars in taxes, um, to maybe pay for the USPS to keep existing. Because without the USPS, Amazon wouldn't be able to do its thing of sending you packages within two days. Um no matter yeah. like where you are in the country. I just you, you okay? I'm just thinking about my taxes and how they're so confusing but somehow Amazon can pay none and it's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm mad, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good to be mad about this. Um This is yeah. righteous anger right here. <laughs> yep. Um, you can also contact your representatives about supporting the Postal Banking Act. Uh, it used to be, up until just a few decades ago, actually, that lots of post offices acted as local nonprofit banks for their communities, which is really a vital service to be able to access ATMs, open small checking and savings accounts, being able to cash your checks. Uh, there are hundreds... There there are so many people that don't have access to a bank and are forced to rely on things like payday lenders uh, to just to access their own money and billions of dollars are lost for the poorest people in our communities just to access basic banking services the postal service has already acted as a bank in the past we can make it so that the they are able to provide nonprofit banking services again and it would actually help the post office be profitable again which would be super cool and then they would not need to rely on us and would be able to provide more services to people who need them that's really important like you think of how banks take advantage of just ordinary citizens because they you need to get your money um yeah. And it's, it's ridiculous, and a government version of that is really necessary and important, especially for the poorest people in the country who just don't have access to, like, a regular Bank of America or something, um, because of the fees and the prices and everything. Yeah. Um, Another also, thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Go. I just just want to say, overdraft fees also a scam. You shouldn't charge yeah. people for not having money. Also, another really important thing to do is support universal vote by mail. Um, we 
all know the issues with hacking and stuff uh, that have to do with elections, but also um, elections in general are really inaccessible to disabled people, um, people who can't or um, shouldn't leave their homes. Um, and especially right now, vote by mail is important because most of us shouldn't be leaving our homes. Um, so voting by mail is a very easy and straightforward way to um, make your vote count and make voting accessible to more people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything to add to that? Um, Just like yeah, anything. So you can vote by mail in some states. I would definitely recommend looking up your state's specific voting laws. And if you can, request a ballot for the November general election. Uh, if your primary hasn't passed yet, maybe see if you can vote in your primary election still. There is more at stake than just the presidency. We have Congress people running for office. You have your local state representatives. But yeah, uh, check if you can still vote in your primaries and look at your ballots um, and support universal vote by mail. Um, yeah. And the final thing you can do is buy stamps. It's the way the USPS has been funding itself for a very long time. You can still do that. Yep. It's the main source of their income, and it's useful because then you can send mail to people, and it'll have a cute picture on it. Yeah, the cute pictures are really important. Like, yeah. I, I love the cute pictures. My current stamps um, are all different fun animals, like parrots and lizards and stuff, and I love it. That's really nice. I have, um, I have... Uh, postcard stamps that have little fish and coral reefs on it. Oh, and cute. I have Sesame Street stamps. I love Sesame Street so much. It's so pure. Well, moving on to other pure and good things. What's our good news this week, Norali? <laughs> well, um, the only thing I have on my list right now is She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, which is a show on Netflix that is absolutely amazing. Um, I, I cannot sing its praises more, but I'm also not finished with the show. Um, its final season just dropped on Friday night, Thursday night, Thursday or Friday night. Um, May 15th, whenever that was. Yeah, time is fake right now. Um, but yeah, it's an incredible show, um, that, whose showrunner is a queer icon, Noelle Stevenson. Um, and she just happened to create some queer icons on that show. Uh, do you want to talk about She-Ra and how amazing it is? I do want to talk about She-Ra because I didn't have any good news, but I have finished all of She-Ra and it is the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> it is, it is a wonderful cartoon. Um, it is very, very LGBT, like, centric and oriented, but it's also... A fun action series with like a talking unicorn, mm -hmm. Pegasus thing, yeah. and it's I a, think it, it's it's got a really great overarching plot, but also like the stories per episode are excellent too. Yeah, there's there's action and adventure and comedy and romance, which is kind of just on the side because it's still a children's show and kids don't super care about romance. Mm -hmm. It's also I mean, remarkably yeah. similar to the plot from the 80s show that it was originally uh, based off of. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's. I never actually saw the original She-Ra. This was my first introduction to She-Ra, and I loved it so much. And I loved it so much that I dressed as Princess Mermista for Halloween last year. Oh, we need a mango fact. Do we need a mango fact? Is what we it's said. That it's that it's mango season. Yeah. yeah it's oh, mango. yeah. It's currently mango season where I'm at, um, and I've been enjoying a lot of delicious mangoes, which is really fun. And mango salsa is really good for like your slightly like you're not too ripe mangoes and then you can add chili powder to some mangoes but then regular mangoes are also great i love mangoes yeah yeah i guess for people that didn't know we do end our episodes on a mango fact i know it's been a year (laughs) we just really like mangoes and we're happy that it's mango season yeah to be honest we also forgot until we started recording It's fine. I had it in my head that I should look up a mango fact, and then I just didn't do it. (laughs) Join us Um, next week on On Your Left, where we will discuss monopolies and stuff, I think. That's next, right? I think so. I think we're talking antitrust laws next week. Yeah, so cool. Um, Raleigh, where can we find you online? So I am Fireword Sparkler on most things. Um, sometimes with an ER at the end, sometimes it's just KLR, uh, depending on the character limit. Um, I'm sure there will be a link in the. I was gonna say link in the description, but in the in the notes. We're YouTubers. The, yeah. yeah, we're YouTubers. Um, Katrina, where can people find you? I, I am at Katrina Ames on every social media platform that I feel comfortable letting you find me. Go at it. <laughs> yeah, that That is so much more convenient than my username. I don't know why I don't just change it to my name. I probably should. Uh, we will be back with another episode next week. Until then, please follow the podcast on Twitter at OnYourLeftPod. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash OnYourLeftPod and help us cr- keep creating these wonderful things because we're not going to go away again. Yeah, we promise.